was God when I was going through all of this? That's the kind of question often repeated when men see hard things. I would have maybe believed in God when I was younger, but after what happened to our family, I'll never accept the delusion that he exists. If he's so loving, where was he? I think of the family who lost their mother in a fire. Her daughter was due to give birth soon, but she was living alone and had a hard time handling the thirst for alcohol that took away so much of her health. Then, just as she was getting her life together, her son was killed in a car accident. The neighbors thought that maybe things were going to finally improve, but this now was just too much. The night that she died, she had tried to reach out to her kids, but the calls went unanswered. As she lay in her bed, trying to figure out how to make a connection, she drifted off to sleep with a cigarette still lit in her hand. God is so much bigger, eternity is so much longer, and heaven is so much more glorious than the temporary hardships that we face. Answers to life's hardest question just won't be answered by our mere human abilities. Today we'll find that life here can only be defined by the unlimited boundaries of eternity and divine majesty. The smoke in the room could have taken her life before she ever woke, but apparently she stirred enough to get up and get out. But instead of running out, it looked like she had tried to put the fire out. She was found by the sink with wet towels still steaming. Where was God? Why didn't he do something? Why didn't he do something? That question still bothers me, not because he hadn't done anything, but because so many in her family turned their back on God because they felt he could have done something. When ancient Israel died in the desert, an entire generation of men and women over the age of 20 years, after all they had endured, people never asked, why didn't God do anything? A year earlier, God had sent plagues to convince the Egyptian Pharaoh that there was a God that reigns over the earth. When their army chased Israel to the shores of the Red Sea, God opened up the seas and delivered them. He fed them with manna provided water for hundreds of thousands of people. He turned back their enemies until great nations feared these seeming vagabonds in the wilderness, and he showed them his power and compassion again and again. Then, when he tested them to see if they believed him, they failed and complained about the giants in the land that had been promised to them. Over and over again they cried, why have you brought us to this hard place? Only to have God deliver them yet again. Where was God when we were in trouble? Why didn't he do something? When Mary's family turned their back on God and said, Where was he? And why didn't he do anything? They had forgotten that after literally thousands of years of Israel's failing to believe God, he sent his son to die on the cross for them. He sent him to die in their place. No one asked, why did he die? Then he arose from the dead and thereby conquered the penalty for sin for every man, woman, and child that has ever lived. When the crowd surrounded the disciples after the resurrection, God sent the mighty wind of the Holy Spirit that shook the place 
declaring that the risen Christ was at the right hand of the Father, and he has sent his Spirit to give power to men everywhere. Yet men today ask, why didn't God do something? The real question that deserves an honest answer from every trembling soul angered by a hard life is, why didn't you do something when you heard that Jesus Christ died for you, rose from the dead, and has promised to return just as he left? Personally, I've spent a lifetime battling sickness, fighting off criticism for preaching the truth, living with the fears that come from feeling like I've failed and was brought to financial ruin. And yet in all the challenges, the question has never been, God, why didn't you do something? You see, life's pain needs to be put in its place next to who God is and what he has done already. Picture with me the next generation of Israel coming out of the desert after their parents had all died for their fear, unbelief, and rebellion against God in their times of hardship. They heard the stories of the giants in the land of Canaan. They knew that to cross the Jordan River and march as a band of freed slaves of 400 years' captivity, they would in no way be able to survive without God. But they also knew of the glory of God. The priesthood had taught them that to come into God's mighty presence in the Holy of Holies required a very precise preparation, or they would be killed by trying to come near God in an unholy estate. The very Ark of the Covenant was the centerpiece that called out to every man, Here is where the glory of God meets the frailty of men. Even touch this ark of God's glory in an unrepentant and careless manner, and his glory would instantly kill any man. Not because God is so cruel, but because men's hearts have become so tainted that they can't bear the glory of God's majesty, power, and holiness. Men don't die because of fires, storms, disease, wars, or calamities. Men die because this world and all that were created in it by the glory of God have become tainted by mankind's failure to believe God. They have fallen away from His glory. When Israel was about to cross the Jordan River into Canaan, Joshua told the people that the Ark of the Covenant would go before them. They were to keep their eyes upon it, but could not approach it. They would know that as the rivers piled up like a heap so that they could cross on a dry riverbed, that it was the glory of God that would win the day. The nations into which they were going would fear them because God was with them. And rather than them being led by God to destroy their enemies, they were the people of God who would bring the power and the blessing of God to them if they would but learn, because he did do something. Then they were told to set themselves apart from the world, to sanctify themselves because God was going to do wonders among them. His glory would be so great on their behalf that every single hardship they faced would be finally understood to just be a preparation for his glory to be all they would ever need, world without end. Their trials in their hard times were God's way of bringing them to the kind of faith in Him that is willing to trust Him. With the pillar of fire over the ark by night and the pillar of clouds over it by day, whenever it would move, Israel would pick up camp and follow. 
they would learn that their life journey was all about following the glory of God. If they would respond to what God had already done and live in the character of this loving and holy, redeeming Savior, their lives would be in a position to see His glory deliver them from every enemy influence. The walls of Jericho would fall because they were faithful to His word. Every enemy nation would stand no chance against them when they were rightly aligned with the demand of the Ark of the Covenant. Today it is the cross our new covenant reminder of the call to be set apart, that His Spirit would reign through those who trust Him. The question is not, where was God when I was in trouble? It is, where was I when He offered His freedom? Why didn't I take it and honor His sacrifice? The question is not, why do we suffer in this world's problems? The question is, why did Jesus suffer for our sins and why didn't we do something about it? Every life trial has an answer, and every defeat that America is now suffering pales in comparison to the glory that awaits if men and women like you and I would only pay the price for His glory to be released in us. Joshua would tell Israel, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, and then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Throughout the history of Scripture, we learn this. The glory of God will make a way through. The questions we have about the difficulties of our life journey can only be explained by the knowledge that eternity will reveal to us. Until that time, the glory that God makes available to those who seek Him is more than enough to bring us through. He is worthy to be trusted with the lives of everyone He has created.